0: Good afternoon ladies and gentlemen let's welcome Keturah to our show this is Lifestyle with Dr. Moby and I'm Dr. Moby hello how are you doing
1: I am wonderful hi Dr. Moby thank you so much for having me here today
0: okay well thank you for coming so tell us about uh, what you'd normally do
1: absolutely so I work as a coach and I work specifically in the area of emotional fluency uh, and this is something that came out of my work as a therapist uh, mm-hmm. before i started um, working for myself i worked for a company worked in the field of mental health and i worked specifically with youth and their families and one of the things that i found was that the biggest mistake that many uh, parents and children you know were making was that in their interaction with one another, there's so much that got lost in translation that created parent-child conflict. And so um, when I decided to go on my own to uh, approach helping women, um, I had to narrow it down in a way that could really, really meet their needs. And the three things I found that were really uh, important were identity, worth, and confidence, But but even when you un- started unpeeling those layers mm-hmm. or peeling those layers, I should say, uh, I found that what made it easiest, the fastest way to get results with families was to really work on some of the underlying issues that, um, that if you deal with the emotion and help people with emotional fluency, then it helps to build better relationships, better interactions, et cetera.
0: Yeah, that, that is, I think, uh, really um, you know the area which is need a lot of help and you know so much stress going on with you know now with COVID and so many you know everything that people's life have really changed Uh, so tell us also about your journey a little bit so um, I know you're very well experienced in that field so tell us how uh, when did you started and how long you've been
1: doing everything. So yeah, I started back in 2017. And ironically, um, it's it's interesting that you said, tell me about your personal journey, because it also was a personal journey for me too. Of course, on the professional side, I was able to take my skill sets and bring it into the coaching world. Mm -hmm. But For me, I went through my own personal journey back in 2012, 13, um, my my marriage ended and I had four children from that marriage. And there were a number of factors that contributed to the marriage ending, but in the transition of being a single mother and also somebody who, um, I was still young and I wanted to be married. I wanted to find love again. Mm-hmm. Uh, but there were a lot of what I would call issues within the tissues, you know, that mm-hmm. existed um, that I, I wouldn't say I suppressed it on purpose. It's just sometimes life happens, you know, you, you, you just have to keep moving. And so when my divorce happened, when the separation specifically happened, that's when I started to really dig in and begin to look at some of the areas of my life that I really either wasn't aware needed attention or just at the time I wasn't even uh, emotionally prepared to deal with and so um, it it became even more uh, apparent to me and more important when I entered into a second marriage because I did not want to have a repetition of some of the same things that happened. I did not want to end up being where I was 12 years later. So uh, so that really was one thing that was an impetus for me to, to work on myself. And in the process of working on myself, I would see a lot of parallels mm-hmm. um, with myself and with um, other clients that I was working with when I worked as a therapist. But um, these are all things that contributed.
0: Mm, I know. And that is, uh, you know, speaks volume that, you know, uh, first of all, you know, I really congratulate that you came out of yourself, uh, believing in yourself and not only believing in yourself, actually navigating through such a difficult time, you know, emotionally as well as. you know, a lot of uh, dynamics financially and 10 other things going with it, right? So, and then, you know, not only, and also to take care of your kids, you know, at the same time, right? Absolutely. And then uh, because, so, uh, you know, dealing with stress is one thing, but you know the reality is actually you you have to keep moving forward too right you just yeah. can't stop your life and then start dealing with with the stress because you know that is part of reality but you keep on fighting you know and with with it like still your pace you know taking care of your kids and you know career and everything else has to continue and
1: absolutely and
0: that that is uh, you know people uh i think find it difficult sometimes is that they they find it difficult to work on all these angles you know because they are uh, you know but uh, you know kudos to you you're really a very strong person emotionally and uh spiritually blessed that you know you not only did that but also continued your journey and now look at you you are uh, really helping so many people <laughs>
1: Absolutely. You know, I never, I never would have thought that personal development, coaching, I never would have seen it in the future for myself. And um, sometimes I call myself an accidental entrepreneur because when I began sharing with people, like in my personal journey, and, and that's the thing, it's like two parts. There's the one where I was working with a company for a company. And I saw the need, but what really pushed me was not just that, it was as I started going through my own personal transformation and I started seeing different sets of results in my life, people would ask me like, hey, you know, you're so joyful what about, you know, your children? How did you go through a divorce and a remarriage, a blended family? Because my husband, um, his first wife passed away and he has a child from that marriage. So I have five children total um, with the blend. And, uh, yeah. you know, divorce could be something that it takes a heavy toll on families. And many people saw just how we gelled well together. But not only that, even with my ex-husband, the relationship um, that everybody has, they just wanted to know. And I started realizing that, you know what? There's something unique, there's something different about the way that I was approaching it. And so I had to start asking myself questions and writing it down and journaling it down so that I could present it uh, to people. And that is really when I said, huh. Ah, there is a unique method and I call it the bold power method. And if you want me to share what that is, um, definitely. So yeah, yeah, you know, um, uh, I I, I talk about the ideal woman as a momentum woman. And so um, I say, you know, there are ways to utilize bold power to become a momentum woman. And so uh, for the, it's five pillars. Mm
0: -hmm.
1: Pillar number one is the posture of your heart. Mm -hmm. Pillar number two is ownership. Pillar number three is what I call womb wisdom. Mm -hmm. Pillar number four is empathy. And number five is reverence. Um, So in these areas, that's what I know worked for me. And in presenting it to other people and really helping them adopt this model for Building upon their skill set, specifically uh their emotional uh in uh, not just emotional intelligence, but emotional fluency. Um, it's really an area I've seen lots of amazing results that I never could have imagined, you know. I was just trying to live and live well, you know.
0: Wow. Wow. I mean, I would congratulate again, you know, This is fantastic. You're just describing, you know, those five pillars you came up with. So let's uh, dig a little bit deeper into each. And so for audience sake, so they kind of get benefit out of that. So tell me a little bit about when you say, you know, that a uh, first, well, first pillar is your heart, right?
1: Yeah, yeah. I know we probably don't have enough time to go through all of them, but um, you know, emotional fluency for me is the awareness that of the role that our Perception plays in our understanding of things, our understanding of our strengths, our limitations, our experiences, mm-hmm. uh, and shaping our internal and external environment. And you know, life happens to us; it, it just comes at you. Uh, mm-hmm. Whether it's you, you, you go through something tragic, or you had to move from a place, and just different events that could happen in our lives. Um, but specifically in the area of of, of personal relationships and interpersonal relationships, uh, the posture of the heart, why I, why I emphasize the posture of the heart is because, you know, out of the heart flows the issues of all of our lives, you know, um, whether it's, a personal relationship, work relationships. Nowadays, people don't want to just have a job, right? They Mm -hmm. want a job that they're passionate about. They want to feel like they're contributing. So everything now is being connected to our heart. And so with the posture of heart, I talk about three types of relationships that we need to have. The relationship with the person walking ahead of you, which is leadership. Then there's the relationship with the person walking with you, and that's more of a partnership. And then the person walking behind you. And why I frame it that way, I, and and uh, I didn't say what that final one is. It's mentorship because we're also meant to give back, right? If you're emptying your cup out all the time, then you feel worn out. You feel, uh, you know, just just depleted, and that can build resentment. It could build bitterness. But when you're pouring out and still at the same time getting, you know, poured into, then, then you have more of an appreciation for everything around you. Um, but also that partnership aspect of it, it helps It helps with understanding um, expectations better. Then mm-hmm. even in, in certain relationships, if you know where that person is, if you know, okay, they're walking ahead of me, they're walking with me, they're walking behind me. Then sometimes when our expectations are not met in relationships, we we get angry, we get upset, we get hurt, we get disappointed. But if you have a clear understanding of what it is that you should be expecting out of that person, mm-hmm. then it's easier to navigate through uh, these uh, relationships without your needs not being met, number one, and without your expectations being left um, unmet as well. You know, and I know there's not enough time to really, really unpack it, you know, but I Mm -hmm. want them to at least think about, you know, the person walking in front of you, with you and behind you, because it really, really helps to to frame our interaction so much better
0: Mm -hmm. and also, Yeah, feel free to uh, dig deeper so makes it, you know, we can definitely, we'd love to have you back, you know, because this is such an important topic, you know, and, you know, emotional spirituality and, uh, you know, well-being that is so needed right now. Uh, and every time uh, but you know uh, and we'd love to hear more details but feel free to uh, you know dig uh, to your style or whatever uh, we can do for this episode we still have a little bit time um, so we can really go a little bit deeper if you need uh, but tell us also about you know a lot of people first stage they will have in situation whether it's emotional or other elsewhere is usually like uh, uh, denial, and then they will say, "Okay, it can't happen to me." And then also a guilt, some kind of guilt uh, that. Oh yes. Um,
1: oh yes, I you know I think a lot of a lot of people they live in those two. I what a, one of the emotions that I've seen most prevalent in a lot of people is guilt, whether it's they did not accomplish something. And, and that is actually something that even for me, I dealt with for many, many, many years. Um I got married very young. I was 19 years old when I got married and I was in college when I got married, but then I, um, I had my first child and my second child and my third child, and they were all back to back and similar to myself, you know, uh, many people, whether it's something they didn't accomplish or an opportunity that you feel like you missed out on or just being a certain place in life that you think you should be uh, by now. You may look at your friends, you may look at your contemporaries and see their accomplishments and feel like, well, I I don't meet up to that standard. But I always tell my clients, you are exactly where you need to be right now. And if you're not able to really have joy in the moment, to embrace what is, not just to focus on what isn't, but to embrace and to be grateful for what is, then you're constantly going to be feeling like something is missing. Mm -hmm. And how guilt plays into that is, when you look at what you have like if for example somebody i had a client who said to me you know katura i should be happier i have a i have a good husband i have a beautiful home i have a great job i have this i have that but i feel so incomplete and we had to unpack it and we discovered some of the underlying issues that were there but the 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 feeling of unfulfillment mm-hmm. if it's not properly assessed then what's on the flip side of it is guilt because then you know that well it could be worse it could be this it could be that and rather than just being in the moment and being present um, then that creates problems for people and I do have a um, a, a technique that I share with my with my clients and I'll just share it right now for somebody Mm -hmm. who may be feeling whether it's they're feeling guilt or they're feeling like maybe I'm in denial or maybe I'm not I'm not approaching life the way I should. I call it the 4A shift. And it's 1 you shift your attention, 2 you shift your awareness, 3 you shift your application, I'm sorry, you shift your ap- accountability, and number 4 you shift your adaptability. And what that ends up doing, like for somebody, if you're if you're thinking, Katura, I don't remember, I'm not going to remember those four A's, it's four easy ways to learn it. Ask yourself these four questions. What am I doing? What should I be doing? How can I fix it? And what happens if I don't? Because then when you ask yourself what it is that you're doing, you're really being present. You're really... Yep you know you really are allowing yourself to be present and you need to be honest with yourself as well and Mm -hmm. what should i be doing this is where you're digging into your capabilities and and there's more to this part but i i think somebody listening right now they could still benefit from it and if you'd like to learn more you can always uh, you know reach Mm -hmm. out but um that number two part uh shifting your awareness Mm -hmm. identifying your capabilities, identifying where you may think you have limitations, but you actually don't. And many times people actually fight for their limitations. They'll say, oh, that's just how I am. Oh, I can't do this. Oh. But then when you really start asking yourself, what should I be doing? And you really allow your subconscious, you allow your spirit to speak Lead from your heart, not just from your head, but really dig into your heart. You will see that the answers are within you. It may be fear and uh, fear, fear, fear of what people may think, fear of your own, your own success. Many times people think, "Oh, I'm afraid of failure," and really, it's that they're afraid of success because they don't know what that looks like, and it creates that turbulence for them. Because then, whoa, can I, can I? sustain this? Mm -hmm. Well, if you were able to get there, of course, you'll be able to sustain it. Number three is shift your accountability. Um, And that accountability actually ties back into what I said earlier about having the three people in front, having the three people in your life. If you realize that, wait a minute, I don't have many people walking ahead of me. Yes, you may have people you listen to, um, motivational speakers, people like that. But do you have people in your life that are in that position of leadership? Or are there people that are you accountable to anybody? And the one person that sometimes I find many of my clients are not accountable to is themselves.
0: Oh, Wow, that's beautiful. Yeah sure so and I, I think you know this is uh everybody can relate to that and the beauty is that you explained it so well very simple you know uh you know basically see where you are and you know where you want to go and you know what are your fears or you know where should you be going and accountability very well said you know you're accountable for yourself first and also You know, if you have other people or you think they are part of whether they are with you, behind you or along with you. Right. Mm -hmm. So those, you know, then. But, you know, tell us uh, what uh, can help to feel, number one. I mean, denial can, as you said, a lot of people can last in that stage for a long time. Unfortunately, denial as well as guilt. So, you know, so what can really help? To minimize those two stages?
1: Number one, being being in a place of gratitude. I always talk about empathy because again, many of the clients I've worked with, they come out of situations in life where they are the savior and the martyr for everybody. Hmm. Um, but there's that lack of compassion for themselves.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: Actually, in my, uh, I have a coaching uh, program, a monthly coaching program. Um, it's a group program. And that's one of the things we talked about this month. Uh, we talked about self compassion and courage. Mm. And one of the things that came up when we were identifying that self compassion is again, back to value how do we see ourselves? Do we have a level of worth? Do we even have a way, a method, a system to assess our worth? And many times what I see people doing is they're assessing their worth based on somebody else. And I think it's Tony Robbins who says, you know, we have all, as uh, all of us, as, as as human beings, we are valuable. And we know this. You, you know, you don't need Tony Robbins to tell yeah, you yeah right? We should know this, but we place a level of value on ourselves that is unfair. And if we were to, from an empathetic space, Mm
0: -hmm.
1: talk about this, this way that we look at ourselves and identify other people, you would see that, no, we give value to people. We celebrate people when they do something amazing, when they're successful in a way, shape, or form. We talk about it. And within our culture, sometimes we have a sense of false humility. And that false humility is really pride on the opposite end. Because then, if you think about what pride is, right, pride is feeling like you are something bigger than what you are. Mm But then on the other side of it, false humility is not seeing yourself as who you are. And so I think how somebody could remedy guilt and remedy denial is just being honest with ourselves Mm -hmm. and being compassionate with ourselves as well. Not feeling sorry for ourselves or saying, oh, you know, but really give yourself a break. Mm. We're hard on ourselves mm-hmm. and, yeah. you know, we're, we're extremely hard on ourselves. And and depending on how we're raised, what we value, we can be so much harder on ourselves. But if we were to take a moment, if you just take a moment and say, hey, what have I, even when you do the, what am I doing? You will see that you're doing so much more than you realize, mm. so much more than the average, average person. Mm.
0: And that is uh, such a, you know, beautiful concept. First is gratitude, you know, like you said, Uh, you know, that kind of changes the whole perspective in my opinion too. That once you realize, when you wake up and you realize, thank God or thank whatever you believe is that, um, you know, I'm alive and I can see people walk and come out of the bed Mm -hmm. or look outside and enjoy a thing. That is marvelous. You know, if you look at now people who are sick and then they are, uh, God forbid, in ICU or somewhere, you know, not feeling well and or they can move. Ask them, or even feel for once that if your arm or uh, you know any part is not functioning, then you realize that how precious everything is. Yeah. So, so that I mean- changes. I'm sorry. No, no, go
1: ahead. Now I was just going to share something else that, you know, I think could help them as well too. Um, you know, and just having vision, it it really really changes things because we can allow we can allow ourselves to be to be blindsided by so much. And mm-hmm. the the way we defend it is through um being in denial, I see denial as simply a defense mechanism.
0: Mm.
1: You know, it's just a defense mechanism that people use to to not have to show up more for themselves, to not have to show up at the highest level. But if we were to have a clear vision, you know, um, of what we want, and not just being outcome driven so much, but how do I want to feel? how do I want to experience life not just what do I want to accomplish mm. um, but the the intangibles of life, especially when we look into to those things mm. if we if we break it down from that you know and allow ourselves to to dig into insight driven inspiration, not just okay, I want to do this or I want to do that but inside driven mm. where where it's not just about the thing anymore, Mm -hmm. but about a state of being um, that changes things that, because if you want that, if you, uh, you know, I, my, my husband always says this, a person who is seeking truth is never, it's never going to not find it. If what you're seeking is truth, you will find it. And sometimes we seek answers and we seek things that will pacify us but if it's truth that we're after we will not we will not stay in denial Mm. you know Mm. and be open to truth
0: no that is true probably denial is the first mechanism anybody has and then so usually you know we tell people just to you know move on from that to you know and and the guilt, because first of all nobody deserves to feel that way and then even if you feel you know we have to Acknowledge and move on to the next. And that would be, you know, exactly your forays and those are so important. So uh, we have reached to the end of our uh, discussion. So any final thoughts you have for my audience? Well, my final
1: thoughts for your for your audience, I would say there are so many things that steal from us. They steal our time, they steal our joy, they steal our energy, they steal so much. But if we if we are the gatekeeper of our hearts, or the gatekeeper of our lives, then the one thing that we will always do is to safeguard our home. And when I say your home, I'm talking about you know your body, your temple. You would safeguard that from any thieves. So I encourage your guests to not allow negative emotions to steal their future and to steal your joy because there's so much that's available to you. I always say a woman who is grounded because of my um, audience, I, you know, predominantly women, but I say a woman who is grounded and secure in her uncompromised identity, you have the power to turn any crisis into a celebration for death.
0: So. Wow. Wow. Wonderful. What a quote. <laughs> I love <laughs> it. Okay. So that with that uh, f- beautiful words, I don't think uh, I have much to add <laughs> than to uh, say, make sure, you know, people follow you and uh, tell us also about how they can check your, I know you have a website.
1: Yes, you can find me on my website. It's K e t u r a h r-o-s-a-t-o dot com, and I am on social media at the same handle, Catura Rosado. So if you go to Facebook, you can find me there at Catura Rosado, and on Instagram as well. Just type in my name as one word um, on Instagram, and you'll find me.
0: Okay. Well, thank you for coming to our show. It was a pleasure, and I'd love to have you back. Actually, it was such a fascinating talk on all the emotions and spirituality. Take yeah. care, and thank you for watching our show. Thank you.